Welcome to another episode of Spiritually Free. I'm your host, Kaylee Knapp. I am so glad that you're here. Today's episode features one of the most fun conversations I've had about a spiritual topic. It is so illuminating. I don't wanna like give it all away, but it's a classic example of Kaylee made a lot of assumptions about something that turned out to be false. Our guest for the day is Hannah Moon. She talks and teaches a lot about tarot and some other things in this episode as well. So before we get into it, if you enjoy this podcast, please share it on your social media as well as give me a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And all right, let's just get into it. I'm joined today by guest Hannah Moon. She's an intuitive soul coach. You can find her on Instagram at the Hannah Moon. I will put that in the show notes. She also posts mystic content on Instagram at Jesus Witch. I love that handle, by the way. <laughs> Where she tends to focus more on exvangelical spiritual healing. She's here to teach us a bit about her experience with tarot. Um, so thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. I am so excited for us to have this conversation. Yes, and I did want to tell our listeners, and I, you know this, that when I started this whole podcast thing, I had this thought like, yeah, I'm going to like explore different spiritual practices and learn more about things I don't know. And one of my very first thoughts was, but not tarot because it's definitely evil. <laughs> <laughs> so when I found you on Instagram, I felt like now I must learn more about tarot just because, it, you know, like, why is it so scary to me? I just, I don't want to be that kind of person who's closed off to something and just would like to learn about it with an open mind. Um, so. Well, and that's really like all it's about is like, once you identify that there's something that holds any kind of power of you, cause like, if you're afraid of something, there's like some power um, being transferred there, or stored there. So it's like, oh, well now, now I have to figure this out and uncover <laughs> it if I want to like either let this go or affirm what I know to be true. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how you were introduced to tarot. Yes. So like you, I also was like very like I will learn about crystals or, you know, astrology and and whatnot. But like the last thing I ever in a million years would have thought I would ever do is read tarot. And so it was probably a little over a year ago that um, well, it was more than a year ago when I started to really deconstruct. But then like the first things I started to like get interested in was meditation and a little bit of basic astrology. Um, I thought it was really cool seeing a lot of the like lunar work people would do. So around like the new moon, like writing out like what you wanted to manifest. And then like during the full moon, like release, like I thought those were beautiful rituals. So I started to kind of add those little by little into my practices because I also was like in quarantine. I had nothing to do. And I was like, really struggling with my healing from some trauma, um, some family stuff I was going through and then throw in a pandemic and my mental health was waning. And so finally, I think I was on 
Etsy and I had been looking for maybe, maybe it was crystals. I'm not really sure like what my original intention was. Um, and I stumbled upon this beautiful tarot deck that was just gorgeous, simply gorgeous. The artwork really spoke to me. Um, and I bought it and I remember having this feeling like in my solar plexus, like in my chest, I was like, <gasps> like couldn't breathe. I was like, I cannot believe I just ordered that. And when this tarot deck came in, I remember like my partner is not even religious in the slightest or spiritual. And I remember like hiding it, like bringing it up to my room and I was, and I hid it in my room too. And I'm like, who am I hiding this from? Like I was 31 at the time. No, I was 30 at the time. And it's like, who in the world am I hiding this from? And I genuinely think I thought I was hiding it from like any entity to see it. Like I was so scared, but also so excited. Would you, okay, so I know this because we've chatted about this, but do you mind sharing the first card that you pulled? Just because I think that's a hilarious story. Yes, so so I had... um, I had had this like really, really profound meditation where like Jesus came to me and was like, Hey, it's time for us to like rebuild our relationship. And so I almost felt like I had this like go for it. Like, okay. And so I had this beautiful, really powerful meditation. And then afterwards I decided, I was like, okay, I'm going to pull cards for the first time. And I remember saying this like prayer of protection over me from like any, any, cause I still, even though I had really tried to dabble in some research of tarot, I still had this like super, super scared, like idea that there was still maybe something evil on the other side of these cards and so I prayed for protection and I was just like oh like seriously just like please like don't let anything be bad and then I flip over the first card and the first card is the devil and I just like (laughs) had to it was just this like almost like you would think that would be so scary, but I just died laughing. And I just realized like there was this like almost like a funny cosmic joke happening, like playing on my fear and emotions. And it kind of like broke like the ice a little bit with my cards after that. Like I just was like, okay, well that was hilarious. <laughs> that That is super funny. Um, oh my gosh. I feel like I want to ask you more about Jesus talking to you in your meditation but that that's not that's not what I was planning to ask you about I I think that that's totally amazing yeah I think you know um I even had a conversation with this in a session with someone the other day and they had meditated much like I had and they saw Jesus in a meditation and they were afraid that it was still potentially like an entity pretending to be Jesus. And I think there's this conversation that needs to be had within the church of, of um, like our meditation. And really, honestly, a lot of these kind of tools, it's dealing with our psyche. So the idea that someone could have this like beautiful meditation where they could potentially have a loved one or Jesus come to them in a meditation and deliver like a beautiful message. Like, why would we automatically go to thinking like, Oh, but what if it's evil? And I think there's so much gaslighting that happens in the church that we end up self-gaslighting so much that even if something is is good and it's beautiful and it's loving, we're still afraid of what if, because a lot of these practices are not really um, taught or like 
um, you know, or you're, you know, they don't really support them doing that. And so when I had this meditation, I had zero interest in having Jesus come up in my meditation, <laughs> but it was this like gorgeous meditation. And I ended up seeing what looked like kind of like a light figure that I believe was Jesus. I felt it was Jesus. And it was a very non-threatening message of like, Hey, it's time for us to start rebuilding. And that was really when I started to like heavily deconstruct. And it was out of a place of like wanting to be informed, wanting to bring spirituality back into my life, but also wanting to feel empowered by it versus this like, hey, it's time you come back. Like, you know, it didn't feel like I was being told like I belong to him or anything like that at all. The self gaslighting part, it's interesting how, at least in my experience, kind of deconstructing and just to questioning a lot of my beliefs. <laughs> this, I feel like this is a major bunny trail. I'll come back to tarot in a moment. That's okay. that was great. <laughs> but it can be really difficult, I think, to trust yourself when you start to deviate from something that seems so set in stone as far as, um, at least in my experience, when I was taking the Bible to be like, inerrant um in one sense that was easier because I, there was always some type of solid answer and if it, if i were unsure the answer was then that thing is bad and i should avoid it you know right right <laughs> and then um with deconstructing and just being more open-minded i think it can be difficult for people to at least for me sometimes to uh, trust my intuition or just be open without being afraid. Right. And I think that if anything, like that was one of the, the things that was really hard for me, even growing up was there was so much about like Jesus that I really loved, but I felt like there were so many messages and practices that were like very, like as far from Jesus as could possibly get. And I'm like, if there's, any way that we're trying to get people to abide by like rules or by living a certain way. And it's out of fear of anything. I just was like, this doesn't seem healthy and it doesn't seem good. Like that doesn't seem like good news. Um, and then whenever you're ta taught, like your heart is deceitful and you can't trust your body, um, it really makes it hard for you to really build that connection with your Holy Spirit whenever you think like whatever message you could get from it is like, but what if that's not really the Holy Spirit? What if mm -hmm. it's me? And that disempowerment is is just really heavy to carry long term. And I think that's where I got to. And this ties perfectly to Carol because <laughs> I would actually say um, that bringing tarot into my practice is actually the number one tool that has helped me to strengthen my intuition. And because there's so much fear around doing things, like you said, like we had a book that would like either tell us like something, yes, do this, don't do that. And if it wasn't in there, that just meant it was bad. And then whenever you do something as um, conceptual as and like visual and artistic and you have to like um really like deep 
dive like internally for meetings with tarot like there's no wrong or right there's no wrong or right so then you start being like well am I reading this right and then you got to tell yourself like there is no wrong way to read it there's no wrong way so it started to help me build my trust with whatever was coming up and I started to identify much more clearly the voice of my intuition and the that inner gremlin that is like self gaslighting. So when that would pop up, I'd be able to be like, Oh, you are not here for my highest good. Like It is easy <laughs> to be like, Oh, you are not my intuition. You are in fact that like very injured and sad little girl that needs to be put into her like car seat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yes. And actually, if you, I feel like now would be a good time to talk a little bit more about what tarot is and then misconceptions about tarot, just because I totally, whatever I thought tarot was, then when we kind of chatted a little bit, I was like, what? Like, this is not what I thought it was. (laughs) It's really interesting um, what, like, what you think it is. And especially cause like we even talked about this a little bit before, like a lot of the ideas that we have around divination, occult practices, like anything like that is kind of cartoony because of movies. Mm-hmm. So it's like always this like character caricature and you think because it matches what we've been taught that it's like evil and wrong that like, it must be true. And uh, tarot is actually this, like it's, it's a tool just like anything else. Um, so I'll go into like exactly what it is. And then we can talk a little bit more about like how it's, how it can be used. But, uh, tarot is a deck of visual cards. There's 78 cards. And in the first section, it's called the major arcana. And in the major arcana, it's all of these visual little, um, pictures of, a real like our global archetypes that all of us go through within our life. So it starts with the full, which is supposed to be like the beginning of an adventure, a beginning of a journey, an experience, and it ends with the world. And the world out of these 22 cards is like the ending, completion. Um, and throughout these cards, it's uh, they're kind of going through like spiritual experiences that we all have. And the elements that this major arcana really represents is, is like spirit and spirituality. And like these, um, and then in the next part of the cards is the minor arcana, and that is four different suits. So we have the cups, we have the wands, we have the swords and the pentacles. And each of these like suits of cards represent other like trials and struggles and um, events and like me and like just daily experiences in our lives. Um, And each of those also represent like different elements, like the rods are like fire energy, cups is water. And so whenever you're going through these cards, they're really honestly just a visual tool for us to kind of transmute a lot of the confusion and chaos going on in our psyche and being able to um, make some meaning out of it. So whenever you think of any kind of tool, like imagine if you gave an art set, like a paint set to two different artists, they're going to use the same paints and they're going to probably use them in similar ways, but you're going to get completely different artwork out of both of them. So it is a tool for us to be able to bring some meaning to what we are experiencing internally 
it helps with guidance for us to be able to make decisions in our lives. Um, but these cards, what they are not is this, you know, gimmicky stereotype of like fortune telling, you know, and, and I understand that it, it can be kind of used for like an event for someone to like perform and have like fun in that way, but in no shape or like in any possible way, can these cards predict anyone's future because the future, like we have free will. So the future is not like we cannot determine it. No one can determine it. And for us to use these cards, these cards like truly live in like the present moment. And so like going into like what, you know, divination really even is like uh, using cards that's called cardomancy. So it's like using cards. And honestly, I even thought about this, like I got to go back before I even bought my first tarot deck. One of the things that kind of helps me want to buy it is because I had these affirmation cards and like you just pulled one out and it said, you know, like I am love and it had this beautiful affirmation of love. And I loved how sometimes like I would pull those on days and it was like the exact message like I needed to hear that day. And it doesn't it just remind you of like all the times that we've been like opened up, like had our Bible and been like, God, like, what do I need to hear today? And you just like flip to a page and you're like, oh, yes. my gosh, like that was just what I needed. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I think I told you, sometimes it happens to, it would happen to me where I'd open it and it'd be like, and then God said, kill everyone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're like, like, never mind. I'm going to go back to the New Testament. Um, But I think that's so true. And that, that in and of itself is called bibliomancy. And so that's another form of what we would call divination and like Mm -hmm. speaking to spirit is by flipping through. And it kind of even reminds me of like the little, like daily devotionals, like instead of reading one on that day, we might flip to one and be like, that is what I needed here. So that's what, um, that's what really actually like got me to kind of like be okay with tarot. Cause I, once I had it, I was like, Oh, this isn't like anything like what I thought it was. Like I was really scared. And like, yes, each of these cards have a traditional meaning, but much like anything, um, you can take it or leave it. So like, there are some cards that I'm like, oh yeah, like I get that, that means that like when I see it, it makes me feel that way. But I actually chose instead of wanting to just make sure I did it by the book, because I think as a Christian, I was always wanting to be right and to be good. And I realized there was so much of what I thought was good or right that wasn't that I didn't want to fall into a new path of spirituality and just kind of fall prey again to being like, not use critical thinking skills, you know, mm-hmm. and I wanted to feel empowered with anything that I chose to, to do. So I actually did this course that is like super easy and very affordable. It's like, I think it's like $15 by Gina Spriggs on daily Om, And it's called, um, uh, intuitive tarot or like how to read and tarot intuitively. And so it taught you, she teaches you really, really well how to not, uh, have to read them specifically by the meaning, but how to like, look at a card and like sit with it and see like what comes up. Like, what are you feeling? What does the colors make you feel? And by doing that, like you end up realizing like you're so actually disconnected from how you feel and how you perceive things that these cards actually really help me to like sit 
And I feel like that is really hard to just like sit and like dive into something, whether it's making me feel a little triggered or it's making me feel really excited about whatever I might've been pulling for. Um, so yeah, tarot is 100% not you talking to any other entity. Like this is a very internal thing. Um, I always pray that like the divine and creator and like any of my guides of my highest good or, or any ascended masters or like angels, like whatever you want to say. Like I always say, like I ask them to strengthen my connection with my inner divinity to the divine. So for any messages to come through like loud and clear and for it to be only for my highest good. And, but other than that, like you're not like nothing is pulling these cards for you, but you, there's no demon present telling you what to think. (laughs) That was the biggest thing that was shocking to me is I so thought that Tara was either using cards to predict the future or using cards to communicate with like spirits or something. And just learning that it's more about connecting with your own intuition. I was like, what? Like when we, when we had our like brief chat before this, that, that to me was so shocking that I just had always assumed like, Oh, tarot is you're speaking to evil spirits. (laughs) Right. And then you have to ask yourself, you're like, even if I like truly believe that like my, like the God that I worship and pray to is like the almighty, but like, why do we, why are we so afraid of like all of these quote unquote evil things that are apparently around us everywhere? Like if that was really the case, shouldn't we be talking about that? Like a lot more. Like I just, (laughs) like I was like, huh, if all I'm getting are these like, beautiful messages or like if it is helping me heal from trauma or if it's helping me to feel connected more to myself and to whatever is holy and good like how could that be bad yeah I mean that's an excellent point and I think uh, if I can say this in a way that makes sense I used to, when I believed that the Bible was like literally true, all of it, it was so easy to just say, oh, well, those are like evil spirits tricking people into thinking that that things are good. And, but then I got to the point where I thought if I can say that about other things, then I need to just like level the playing field and we can say that about everything. And then how do I know that my, you know, what I think is good is not secretly evil. You know, then it became like, okay, then I just can't use this argument anymore because if it applies to somebody else and their practice, then it applies to me and my practice, you know, (laughs) hopefully that made sense. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's really true. And I think this goes like hand in hand with like, I was reading um, because I, I really love to understand this sides of like anybody's point of view, because I think that is what helps. Once you know all that, you can piece the puzzle pieces together and get a clear idea of like what's actually real and what's not. Mm. And I have this book and in it was a whole section about why it's a Christian counseling book, like why the occult, anything occult is 
evil and why it's wrong why are you talking about demons there's this section where they want to talk about science and i remember just thinking like while i was reading it i was like wait a minute like here <laughs> like scientists all over the world will dispute certain things left and right about the existence of god and they're like well no like science like god is beyond science and then all of a sudden when it comes to something that they don't want people to believe in or practice then they want to use science and i was like <laughs> you can't do both like you can't do that like that's silly so silly yes absolutely and speaking of like a cult just to say like the word in and of itself is stems from the latin word i think it's occultist and the occult all it means is something that's hidden covered up concealed and it always just like makes me think of like even jesus's own practices like what basically everybody today in like westernized Christianity, like they just talk about like the out, the quote unquote outside mysteries while like he spoke in parables. So he was reserving the true depth of what he was saying, like his messages, they were told in secret. They were told concealed and in darkness. And like, in order for us to understand the divine more, like you have to go out, like you have to be, devoted you know you don't just get all of the like secrets of the universe and the cosmos and of god like from just like here you go it's like it's only (laughs) for the people that are truly students that are devoted to seeking out truth so like to me i'm like that makes anything a cult sound like it's something we're supposed to look into (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah actually that really does kind of like a a shift my perspective or I mean really anyone's perspective that uh, sorry I'm still just like thinking about Jesus speaking in parables and it's making me think oh my gosh if God wanted to make everything so clearly right and wrong there would not be parables like right yeah <laughs> just be like here you go I'm just adding more commandments <laughs> forget I the <know>. parables <laughs> I'm like mm, I wonder if like if Jesus knew things would get taken in the, the, the direction that it did like maybe would he say things a little bit more clearly oh my gosh it's so funny but it's true it's like whenever you break it down to like just like the actual real word versus like the implication like or like what we have placed on a word like they're just words like our english or any language like our human languages are bound like they have a boundary there's not everything that we can express with words and that's what mysticism truly is it's like these experiences that are not limited by our ability to uh to vocally share what they are like most people that have had any kind of mystical experience can't explain it and that's what makes a lot of people believe it's not even real because they're not able to articulate what they experienced And so, which is why I think like so many people don't share because you can't. So that's what I think makes it a little hard sometimes for people that have never experienced or never even like, I don't want to say the word dabbled because I feel like that's the one that's always used for like anything like witchy. It's like, don't dabble (laughs) with that. But it's like once you start actually exploring, because like knowledge is power. Knowledge Mm -hmm. is always power it is freeing um and you know we talked about it like 
just because you know something and you learn something doesn't mean it has to be adopted into your own practices. So like you having a more of an understanding about what tarot is or what it is not, doesn't mean now that you are just bound to use them. So like, <laughs> and I think that like, that's why even a lot of people, um, you know, like we're obviously talking from like a Christian perspective, but a lot of Christians like don't seek out information that goes against Christianity or that is just a different faith and religion. And it's like, you can learn, like learning things doesn't make you sinful. Like that doesn't hurt you. Like education and critical thinking should never be something that is demonized. Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. And there have definitely been times in my past where I've been afraid to learn about something just because I thought like, oh, that's going to open me up to like, suddenly there's going to be demons in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's like, um, speaking from the perspective of someone who's like feminine, it's like, it's our internal like, you know, like fear of the feminine, because it's kind of like, no, if I look into this, I'm going to start doing it. And it's like, okay, but like, if you think, so that's why you don't want to do it is because you're like, I'm going to love it and I'm going to learn it's cool. And then I'm going to want to do it. Um, And that's essentially what happened to me. Like I very much, so it's like, I'm just going to peek over in this closet. And then it was like, like, no, this is, this is my life now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, I did want to ask you about your, like how you use tarot in your spiritual practice now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Great question. So I bought quite a few books cause I just wanted to like, I didn't really, I was seeing a lot, like, I feel like last year spirituality, I think a lot of people can agree it became like a hot trend. I think a lot of people were home. They didn't know what to do with themselves. And so whether it was from a religious aspect, deconstruction, super hippie dippy woo woo, like people just started to get more interested in connecting spiritually. And I was seeing a lot of like viral TikToks and Instagram and all that kind of stuff that I was just like, I don't want this watered down. Like if I'm going to learn something, I want it to be a little bit hardier um, I would like, I'll drop in an account, a person that like helped me realize it wasn't so scary. And it was like, fun is Sam, the cosmic witch. She has like a very, very beginner friendly account all about tarot. She's like such a tarot goddess. And she answered a lot of my questions and she gave me a lot of referrals, but her account was really what kind of helped me engine. So she'll post spreads like three card spreads but like I ended up buying quite a few books also to kind of learn like how to make a spread like I felt really called to do that like I really liked not being limited by like these traditional spreads which are great um but I wanted to also like say I was reading something like I was reading in like the new, the new, new Testament, like the new, new Testament that has like the Nagamandi gospels in it too. I was reading this one scripture that just like really, really, really spoke to me. And I ended up making a tarot spread based off of this scripture and I use it regularly. I call it the, the serpent dove spread. And so like, I generally will try to find like, what is my intention 
Um, I'll like walk through this spread so it can make a little bit of sense. So I ended up making this spread based off of the scripture that says, be wise like a serpent and innocent like a dove. And at the time was when I had first started sharing my love for tarot. And I had some people reach out and be like, that's sinful. That's wrong. This is Da, 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 da. And I was really grappling with like, do I keep this for myself or do I publicly share? Like, what do I do? So what I ended up doing is making this five card spread. So like the first card represents like where my spirit currently is, like, how am I feeling? What's going on? Um, what card could represent maybe the energy that my spirit is currently resting in? The second card that I pulled is how can I be wise like a serpent? In what way could it be wise like a serpent? The next card was in what way can I be blameless like a dove? The fourth card was where are the Pharisees? Where can I find them? So it was almost kind of like a warning as to like what area of my life should I pay attention to where the Pharisees are? And then the fifth one was what message is hiding in darkness that needs to bring out in the light? So it's like, I call it, well, you know, I said it, my um, serpent dove spread, but I also have like a light bear spread, like a Satan spread for like, where do I have adversaries in my life? So once I pull all those cards, I go through them and they tell essentially a story together. So like you can read each card for like the question specifically that you pulled, but as you're going through them, you can also kind of connect some dots as well as to how they work together. Like sometimes pulling two cards together, like I even have one card that I call it my Jesus card. It's the King of Cups because it literally looks like a sexy Jesus. Like that's, <laughs> so anytime he like shows up in one of my pools, like I very much feel this like uh like affirmative energy of like go for it yes like I'm here I'm supportive like whatever it might be but when I pull these cards um what I think is one of the best things about them is that it takes time so that means I am very much intentionally sitting with whatever I'm focused on so like I think in the past you know like I'd pray every day I'd read a script you know I'd read a passage I would like ask that like throughout the day like God would help me understand the deeper meaning but like whenever I was like pull whenever I pull my spreads and I sit there in journal like this process sometimes can take three hours oh wow and then I realized it's been like three hours of me like in communion with spirit. And it's so much more like, I like I can almost like feel this like thick energy around that feels just like, like I'm really, really there with spirit. And um, it helps me, I think actually come up with a little bit more, like instead of just having like journaling questions of like, you know, like, how can you help people more? Like <laughs> having all of these cards together and like the imagery, like have it invoke certain feelings. Cause I'm also very visual. Like I'm an artistic person. Um, it helps me be more intentional with my personal growth and not every day. Is it these like three hour sessions? Like most days I'll pull three cards for the day and then I will journal like what I'm what I'm getting from that. And then at the end of the day, I'll kind of revisit it and see like if there was anything that matched. Um, but it's like, it's really cool because I think if I've learned anything, like the, you can use them for boundless reasons. Like 
it doesn't have to be so rigid as like centering and grounding and asking spirit to like be there you can also just like have them in your purse and like say you're feeling a little anxious like pull a card out and like see how that helps like ground you in the situation um but yeah I mean I think it's just like truly transformative Wow. Yeah. Um, so I did have the question, how has tarot helped you the most? But I feel like you've already answered that really <laughs> like connecting with your intuition. I mean, if there, unless there's more, but that sounds like you said, transformative. I will say yeah, for sure. Helping me with my intuition. I think another really big aspect of it is, um, I think, I think when it comes to any, this is not limited to Christianity because I see it heavily in just like this spiritual space is this whole light and love and this duality of like evil and good and what's right and what's wrong and realizing that like it is much more muddy than that where almost they like come together. Like even we see in like we even we see in the Bible how what we would think is like good and evil works together, like the story of Job, like this was not just like this mm. horrible, you know, adversary just like destroyed Job's life, like God was very much part of it, they were doing it together. And I think it helps us to understand sometimes like when something is going quote unquote, wrong in our life, we actually don't know what is the point behind it or like what goodness could technically come out of it. And I started to realize there were things that I deemed evil for so long that actually have like such a beautiful positivity while there are also things that I would think are love and light and amazing when they actually have a huge shadow and like thinking of like thrifting and sustainability um, and recycling, there's actually a huge shadow to this thing that we believe is like really good for our planet. Um, but whenever you learn more about it, we realize there's actually a whole other set of issues because of these things that we have in place. And so you start to realize there's not necessarily such a hardcore black and white. And that was one of the big things about me doing what, like a lot of people hear, like the word shadow work, it's just personal work. It is literally just, you know, pulling out the nasty things that you're hiding or like your own healing and trauma. And I want that like everything to be like happy, go lucky, love and light, white and bright. And realizing that like, like babies are made in the womb in darkness, like darkness isn't evil, you know, in darkness and in like that silence is where we have like reflective thoughts, you know, like, and, you know, space, like, do we think space is evil? You know, I think that there's just like so much language around what's positive and what's negative and working with these cards has actually helped me to also like embrace what I would think are like the ugly parts of myself and realizing they're just as important and beautiful as what we would think are like the quote unquote beautiful parts of a person. Yeah. Um, so I, two things, one, I just wanted to add this in case anyone listening is like about the Job thing. If they're like, no, the adversary, adversary was Satan. Um, so <laughs> this is like going to sound like a bunny trail, but I just feel like I need to say this in, in case anyone's confused. Um, Satan is actually not in that story. And the word 
that we use for Satan is actually just adversary. And he's just another God in this like courtroom of God. So it very much is like, there's not a, in that story, there's not like good and evil. There's like, there's literally parts of this courtroom and they're like all, it's like, there's the high God over everything. And then there's just like other gods. Um, I love that I, you said that. I love that you said that. When I so like learn, and I learn, I actually learned that from. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember if it was the podcast, the Bible for Normal People, which Pete Ends is one of the co-hosts, or if it was one of Pete Ends' books because he has a few books. But learning that, I, it like blew my mind. I was like, wait, I'm sorry, he's what? Real. Like Satan is not in the Old Testament? Like that's basically what he says because he's like, people just didn't, at the time, they did not believe that. So anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's a whole, like that could be like 20 other, <laughs> I mean, just the fact that you're touching on that, like that too is something that like, once you realize like one thing that you thought was evil wasn't, it just, it will drive you to uncover more. And when I realized that like the Satan I was afraid of was like not real, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yes. And even, and I, I do want to say this for anyone who who's listening, who totally disagrees with that and is like, no, Satan is real. Even just the idea that, it's less clear than you may have been taught. Like that was crazy for me. Like right, just right. being like, wait a second. I thought everybody all agreed yes. <laughs> that there's good and evil and there's heaven and hell and there is a Satan. And then to learn that even biblically, that's heavily debated because it's just not as clear as what we may have been taught. Um, it's just it, like crazy to think yeah. about you're like wait what <laughs> yes. well and then you start realizing too like it's like there's the responsibility on both sides I'm really excited that we're living during this time because we have seen such like an influx of people actually interested in learning like wanting to be the ones that determine what they know is true and mm. I think for so long the the responsibility was put placed on to pastors and preachers and popes and for a very long time they were the only ones that could share these messages and stories but then it gets to a point where it's like we have to have responsibility for what we believe too and we live in the age of knowledge like it's at our fingertips and so I mean like and this is like totally calling myself out like I had a lot of like wonderful atheist friends in my life for a long time and they would be like Hannah, like this, like very lovingly be like, this is like, this is what this is. And this is not what this is. And I just was like, no, I just like, you gotta have faith. And it was just very like, and I, I think at some point, like you are not like, at some point people are ready to deconstruct. And I know there's a lot of vernacular and hot buttons around deconstruction and like, no one should have to do it until they're ready because it is heavy <laughs> like it is not for the faint of like for the faint of heart but um for anyone that is like scared of deconstruction or, or scared that something you might know is not true like it might sting and it might make you angry and it might um really change your life but like there's so much freedom 
in truth and in education and knowledge, it's not, it's not all dark and scary. <laughs> like it is actually <laughs> also really fun. And I think that is one of my key things too about tarot is that it helped make this spiritual journey of mine also very fun. Mm, nice. Another, another thing I want to go back and add is that I've noticed a theme with almost every person I've interviewed on my podcast. And it's that most of their growth happens when they are willing to see and deal with and accept the darker parts of themselves. Like you were saying, like that, that shadow work of just not, not being afraid to see what might be there. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it sounds like tarot has definitely helped you with that. Oh, for sure. Because I think like ever since I was little, like I remember being like very small and being like, I know I'm a witch, but like no one can know because (laughs) I will be in trouble. And I remember being really scared that like, if I did, like if I was magical, that somehow that was evil and that was wrong. And I remember like praying so hard that like if there was anything evil about me or magical that it would be like taken away because I wouldn't want to be I wouldn't want to go to hell and of course I'm like a child I have no idea what any of this means and I think that's another thing is just like when you start to when you start to do shadow work you realize unintentionally there's been a lot of psychological abuse in around that realm and like that fear that is like lingering about like demons like I'm 32 I don't want to live thinking that there's like creepy little demons like walking around waiting for me to mess up and like take advantage um but just like the idea that like even as a little girl I felt the world was so magical and that that magic that I loved and I thought was beautiful could potentially be evil wrong. And I had to like remove that. Like life is magical. Like our existence is amazing. And like, yes, the word magic, like it's just a word, but like, I think that that's sad that we would have to feel like we would have to rob any magic from our lives in order to be good. Um, And I kind of started to let myself be a little bit more childlike last year. Like, experience life with a little bit more wonder and you know the things that I were told were like silly or not real like what if they were you know like what if they are and I think like all like literally all magic is is intention and like words are really important we use them in our prayer and like that's just literally the same thing as spell work um and I don't think that there's anything like we are literally we could be dropped naked in a desert and be just as powerful and magical if if we're in you know in our little apothecary or in like the most like inner sanctum of a sacred temple like it doesn't matter like we each in and of ourselves are incredibly powerful that's amazing I agree with that that about our power and I think it's interesting that you said that about magic because I feel like I've always kind of believed in magic like as a kid like I feel like it never went away like I just don't (laughs) always have this like I don't want to say magical thinking because that makes it sound like I'm not based in reality, but 
It just <laughs> but they're right there. That was actually the perfect thing to catch is that like, if you, it's like one of those things, like if you begin to kind of wonder, like, could there be magic? Then it's all of a sudden this like gaslighting thought of like, oh my mm. gosh, don't be so silly. You're an adult. <laughs> And it's like, sure, like we got to be tethered. But like at the same time, whenever you think about like the cosmos, whenever you think about like all the weird animals that we have, like the things that we're able to do, like why not be excited about how magical our existence is? Like, it's pretty cool. And like, even like Jesus told us we can move mountains. And like, he even said, like, you know, you're, you guys are all in awe of what I've done. Like the people after me are going to do like way more incredible things. And it's like, why are we so quick to, especially like during worship, be like, we can move mountains. We're singing about moving mountains. We're singing about like how we're like, so, you know, like, powerful with our like love in Christ and like how you know nothing can touch us but then yet and in other conversations like it seems like evil has so much power we have to be grounded and we have to be tethered Mm -hmm. and like we can't you know like be excited about life here because we need to be excited about our treasures in heaven and meanwhile we've been told the kingdom of heaven is inside of us so it's kind of like Maybe if we put together what Jesus taught us, along with some of the things that might seem a little woo, they actually like come together in a really, really, really magical way. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's like two sides of the same coin. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Okay, so because we're starting to like kind of come to the end of our time, I wanted to ask you what would like a next step be for somebody who's interested in like doing tarot or learning more about tarot? So one, there's a myth that you can't buy your own tarot deck. That's not true. You can of course buy your own tarot deck. That's so weird. Don't listen to it. So if you were like, okay, if you're like me where you're like a little bit of an impulse buyer and you're like, right now I have to get a tarot deck. Um, Etsy's a really great place or your local metaphysical shop buy one that the artwork really speaks to you. So like, don't just buy a popular one that is getting served to you on Google, actually buy one that you think the artwork is really lovely and it makes you feel a certain way because you're going to be so much more connected to it. Um, Like I said before, I have the ethereal visions by Matt Hughes and it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, I'm also going by the time this is probably live I have a course called demystifying magic and it's specifically for ex-evangelicals wanting to unpack their fear around occult practices around what we have perceived to be evil or demonic or sinful and it's not for you to learn how to do these things or I'm not going to make anybody do any magic, (laughs) but it is a little bit more of like a stepping stone into starting to explore knowledge around these things. So you can further unpack a little bit of where that fear is in your life, because no matter what, even if you don't decide to embark on doing any kind of divination or other things like that fear will always exist there and if there's fear that means there's a place where love can't exist and so I think it's always important to deconstruct um especially around fear because that's some kind of block you might have so this course is specifically going to help people with that yeah and you can find the link to that just on both of my Instagram accounts they will both live there That's wonderful. And I think, well, 
two things. One, like I said in the beginning of this, I thought Tara was so scary. And after speaking to you, I'm like, oh, it just isn't what I thought it was at all, which has been very helpful because then it like just removed this like section of fear in my life. Um, so thank you for that. Good, good. <laughs> it's really quite, lo- it can be a really quite lovely experience. And so I'm glad that we were able to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I I also think your course is probably going to be especially helpful just because it seems like a lot of these topics, like occult practices and whatever, are, okay, as far as I know, there's not a lot of like reasonable people who teach them in a way that's not trying to like draw you into doing it so it sounds like yes you're still like hey it's totally up to you you can practice it or you can not practice it but here's what it is I think it comes from also like being I like now I'm an ex-evangelical but understanding the ways that like I especially thought as a very devout Christian like if I was trying to learn something that I deemed like outside of my faith from someone else, I'd be like, well, what, like, of course you like it. Like, but I want to know from, you know, from my perspective and also like people that are outside the church, like they honestly don't have a very lovely view of Christians. So like, they don't care to help evangelicals or anyone from the Christian faith, like to unpack in order to accept what they do. And so there's like, I think that little missing piece of like taking, like of having a little bit of extra care for specifically this group of people, because it's, it is traumatizing. Like we've been scared of the devil and of demons and hell our whole lives. So there's a little bit more extra care that needs to be taken. I think in unpacking that before we're, we're willing or we're able to accept that this is like something that they want to participate in or just simply accept that it is something that other people do and they don't have to have any fear around it. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. (laughs) I'm, I'm excited for that course actually. So that's really, I'll give it to you. So you can, you can be one of my first people to test it out. (laughs) I would, I would actually love that. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that, you would like her is there anything is there anything I haven't asked you about that you you want to be asked about I could literally talk about this like all night long I told my partner before we got on I was like I am so excited to just like geek out about this because I love it so much but I think if anything um just like give yourself grace like as always um if you are triggered by this and you like immediately want to lash out to either of us about it like sit with your feelings for the next 24 hours and then like you are more than welcome to email me about like any questions that you have because I get a slew of messages um, and I also do tarot reading. Like that was something that I kept for myself because it was part of my healing experience and my spiritual walk. And part of me was like not prepared to open that up to other people. But I recently started to read for other people. And I think it really helps with being able to experience like what that's like versus like imagining what it is because I also like, I'm a trained coach. And so I kind of bring the two together because I think it's like irresponsible for 
anyone that's working in the spiritual realm to be manipulative. Like that goes mm. for pastors, preachers, diviners. Like there's literally a passage about it. Um, and I, I would like to be part of kind of changing the narrative for Christians when it comes to um, any kind of spirit work that can remove maybe like someone like a pastor or preacher, a community leader, like you can work with actual spirit healers and they can also help you with kind of going through that. But yes, I do offer spiritual care readings as well. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I, um, I honestly feel like I could talk to you for like a much longer, <laughs> but I also know in, in my real life, I actually will have to go soon, but, no, but thank you. Good. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to do this. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I feel like this in this realm is like not a topic. Most people are like jazzed to talk about. And so I'm really excited for this to kind of be, for this to be on your podcast. Cause I feel like, um, hopefully someone listening to this, it's going to like speak to their soul a little bit. Yeah. That would be amazing. Okay. Friends. How fun was that? I hope you learned something you can always reach out to Hannah on Instagram. I'll have her handle in the show notes. As always, you can reach me as well on Instagram. My handle is at spirituallyfree underscore, underscore Kaylee. I'll have that in the show notes as well. Thank you so, so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing day and an awesome week. Love you. Bye. Bye.